And then at that moment in time, when everything fell apart, I was like, wait a minute, okay, maybe the behavior of partying, of drinking, and all of these things, maybe I should be looking at that. And maybe that's the fundamental thing. But even further than that. Hello and welcome to the Offfield Rugby Pod. My name is Brian Moylet, former Irish age grade international, now playing and coaching in Canada. Each week, I chat with a player or coach about their journey and get their insights. On Instagram, I share content around mental performance and clips from the pods. So follow me there, at OffFieldRugby, if that's something you're interested in. Also, if you enjoy the pod, please be sure to send it on to some friends who you think will get value from it. And please subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. Cheers. Today I'm chatting with Joe Van Niekirk, who during his playing days was known as Big Joe and now is Jungle Joe. Joe was nominated for World Player of the Year when he was 22 years old. During his career, he won 52 caps for the Springboks and spent six years in Toulon from 2008 to 2014, captaining one of the best club sides in history to Heineken Cup. But throughout this time, he wasn't always in a good place internally. In the chat, Joe talks about an awful trauma that he suffered in his teens, which he didn't understand how much it was affecting him until years later. He turned to drinking heavily throughout his 20s to escape it. But this and other behavior really brought him to the brink in rugby and nearly cost him everything. He mentions how he was thrown in at the deep end with the spring box as a young lad and gives great advice on what young players can do to deal with everything that will be thrown at them and the adversities that they'll face. Towards the end of his career at Toulon, Joe went from being captain to being dropped from the team, dropped from the 23 and essentially was a bag holder for six months. He talks about how much of a hit this was to his ego. He started to question who he was and what was his worth anymore. But it is really incredible how he reacted to this. There are some brilliant leadership lessons here for any player. We chat in depth about the spiritual journey that Joe then went on to find answers and which ultimately led him to now living on a farm in Costa Rica. We chat about lots more from spiritual practices to the ego, how you can be your best self, the flow state while playing, plant medicine, if there's room for vulnerability in high-level rugby, dealing with negative thoughts, escapism, dealing with adversity and more. It was such an absolute pleasure getting to chat with Joe. Hope you enjoy it and you can follow him on Instagram at junglejoe333. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth, and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you. And so you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. How's life now, Joe? You're in uh, Costa Rica? 
Yes, I've, I've been living here now in Costa Rica for five years. Uh, so yeah, life, life is uh, very different, of course, from being in, uh, in Europe and in South Africa. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been a beautiful journey so far. How did you find yourself there five years ago or traveling over there? Um, it was it was actually towards the end of uh, rugby playing days. I um, I came on a, on a vacation, yeah, um, with a with a friend, and we kind of explored some of the some of the areas or parts of Costa Rica, and um, and you kind of just fell in love really with the nature, and uh, we went to a place called Flamingo Bay, which was just like the most epic sunsets, and. Uh, and you are just like all the rainbows, colors in the sky, just magnificent. Like, so, so yeah, I, I kind of, I fell in love with it. And then, um, and then we made a couple more trips back. And then one, once I started my own inner work and self-healing, uh, you know, sort of towards the end of my career, I, um, I then came to this epiphany that I wanted to kind of help people you know help them as much as i could and part of that process was you're buying the farm that we now currently live on um it's it's in the southern pacific zone of costa rica um in a place or near a place called dominical which is like a beach town and we're uh 25 minutes up uh from the coast in the mountain ranges there and uh we live in this valley called the diamante valley Nice. And so what's the farm or what's what's on the farm? What's like day to day life now? Uh, well, it's changed uh, immensely since the COVID, you know, um, obviously before that we were running uh, retreats on the land. Um, and these retreats consisted of all different healing modalities. So it was like yoga, meditation, singing, um, creative retreats, uh, medicine, plant medicine retreats. Um, so, so everything really to do with helping people kind of wake up, um, helping them to, you know, uh, bring more consciousness into their lives and be more conscious, literally, you know. And so, so yeah, that, that, that was uh, part of what we were doing beforehand. We were also, uh, we've been cultivating a lot of uh, different fruits on the land as well as um you know, uh, food, edible foods, organic uh, food that we were supplying throughout the time when we were hosting our retreats. And, um, and then, yeah, since, since the COVID hit, we kind of had a little bit of a shift because we had to maintain things. And, um, and the, the easiest ways for us to maintain was to actually uh, start to kind of rent out the spaces that we have on the land. And um, yeah, so... So it's had it like kind of a bit of a metamorphosis in different ways because um, uh, the original idea was, of course, to create the center to be able to help other people and 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 then also obviously helping other facilitators who've been working within those realms to help uh, other human beings. And so, so yeah, so that it's shifted quite a lot since then. Um, Obviously, now we've even going into another process. So we we're actually in a process of 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 selling our property, but 
we are not quite sure at this point in time because we're not sure what what may transpire so we've got a plan a we've got a plan b and um obviously as i mentioned the initial thing was to serve was to help to as much as we could um and then as i said once the COVID hit we started to change change the kind of system uh to maintain the maintain the place nice and so that's still the plan for you to to serve to help people and you're doing that online are you uh yeah so i was i was actively doing that online like uh for for quite a while and then and and that was also partly due to the fact that we weren't having physical retreats anymore uh yeah but um but since then uh i kind of even i even had a bit of a uh, bit of a, a pullback from that too uh with social media and with uh because at some point in time i was going really hard for about a year and a half with social media and um and then i kind of uh some things happened related to the virtual world that we live in i mean there's so many beautiful things about technology of course but then there's also kind of another side to that you know hmm. and so i kind of i kind of experienced both both sides and um and then I kind of stepped back and and now I've kind of really been reassessing as to as to the process forward. Okay. And yeah. talk, talk to me, you mentioned there that um towards the end of your career you started to kind of do some inner work on yourselves and start to look internally. Talk to me about that. Oh jeez, that was that was absolutely massive, you know. But uh, yeah, I can talk a little bit about that and then let you know like how that process goes you know on a day-to-day mm. basis but it was it was towards the end of my career and I've shared this quite a lot before but it was towards the end of my career where I really for the very first time my ego got a massive hit because I wasn't like in the starting 15 anymore you know and so when when that happened it was like a big shift for me from always having been in teams always really been on the on the you know selected first and all of those things and then I got to this point where, wow, I'm not in the mix anymore. And so it happened for me at Toulon where I was playing, uh, played rugby for six years. And um, I was an integral part of the team. Then all of a sudden I found myself on the bench and then eventually not even on the bench for the last six months of, the, of the, uh, that's that regular season. And so it just like it, it created a lot for me in terms of like, then looking outside and saying, wait, but the answers aren't there. You know, the answers aren't outside of me. The answers are within me. And I know that that led me into searching more into, uh, you know, different spiritual practices like Buddhism. I was like watching, okay, how would the Dalai Lama approach this? You know, Uh, and then also within Christianity, all the different religions actually. And uh, just, just on a search, you know, and I think part of that search, that start of that search is actually just to find ourselves, really, you know, and um, we go on these big spiritual quests, but then and internally, it's about we're just discovering what's within, you know. Um, and so this process um, was like a massive eye opener for me because and also the catalyst to to the search within and um, to transcend. Because it would it would be easy to be one of the in those, those situations where you 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 know this happens to you and then you become the victim of that situation, 
And so for me, it was very much about, you know, how, how looking at that situation and saying, hey, okay, I'm not in the mix anymore, but how can I show up? How can I, how can I present myself every single day? Even though it was hard inside to show up and know that you're not going to play, but still show up with positivity, still show up how you showed up when you were playing. And, and then not creating these little pockets of negativity, you know, within a team, because you know how fundamental that is to the growth and as well as to a team going on for high honors. So, so, and then also making it a daily uh, kind of custom to go to the coach every single day and be like, hi coach, how are you doing? I hope you're well, I'm good. And, you know, like just coming with that kind of attitude every day, and I think that that part of those principles were based upon Buddhist uh, teachings. Um, and so, so yeah, this just put a lot of things into perspective to me, for me. And it was obviously coming towards the end of a massive cycle of having played rugby for 13 years professionally and then getting to that point where you realize that now, now there's a massive transition coming. And, um, and I think, Part of that not being part of the mix was the catalyst for me in, in heading in the direction that I went thereafter. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of just dropped everything in a way. I, you know, I went off all social media. I kind of stepped back completely. I took time in the solitude, time to explore my inner world, to explore, um, you know, thing, the, the things that I perceived to be really difficult, like how could I transcend? And um, yeah, just, just, just really that thing that I mentioned in some of the other podcasts, but it was the dark night of the soul, literally that. It was like the last six months of my career because I was doing, I was still involved, but um, I, like my soul was reaching out for like, you need a shift, you know, kind of thing. And so... And so that that yeah that was basically the process for me uh, um, once once I'd come to the end of my career. Brilliant and lots of stuff there. But um, the one <laughs> that I, I find uh, interesting that when you were dropped, like dropped essentially, and, and weren't in the twenty three, and, and I think everyone has been there. And the first thing is the victim play the victim like oh that poor me and, and that coach doesn't know what he's at he's an idiot that guy isn't even as good as me I'm better and, and you just play the victim and you chose you, you've two choices you've the negativity and the anger and the frustration or the positivity and the love and that and how did you come to choose that positivity well, you know, the thing, it gives me goosebumps when you say it, because it's true, man. Like it, and, it, and it relates to our lives too, right? Mm. It's, so, it's so true in our lives too. We, we, we're always knocked with adversity, whether we like it or not. You know, the universe has some kind of way of figuring it out. And just like when you think that things are running smoothly, boom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> now what you know now what now now, how am i gonna am i gonna react or am i gonna respond to the situation you know and there's like ways of of how we approach these things and i think for me in that situation i'd always known because i'd been through many years so i'd always known what those little pockets of negativity create you know what what does um what does it mean when one guy believes that he should be in the team 
and he goes to another guy in the team and he says, oh, that coach is a dick. I should be playing. I'm better than him and creates that kind of energy. Now, we have that option or we can go there. And I think that it's just experience, you know. It's not to say that those other guys were wrong. It's just to say that perhaps in their, in their understanding and as far as experience, the experience that they had, that that's, what they, that's the only way that they could deal with it in that way. And, and, but, but not kind of taking the, the bird's eye view of being able to say, hey, okay, I can see that if I go to so-and-so and I say that this coach is that and, and I should be in and da-da-da-da-da, all this negative thing, then, then all that's going to do is just create negativity within, you know? So, so that was, I mean, obviously initially when I wasn't in, Yes, I had my time behind closed doors, but I wasn't like running in within the team and saying, hey, this guy, da, 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 da. And I think that that was partly part of the push with, with Toulon, you know, and Toulon went out to become like champions of Europe three, time, three years in a row. Um, and it was actually the second year after it won the Heineken Cup. It was that second year run up to the Heineken Cup final, to the top 14 final where I wasn't actually physically involved for those like last four months, past four, six months, four to six months. So I was kind of, um, yeah, just pushing the positivity and keeping it upbeat and not deteriorating because of my personal battle, kind of let's put the team first. Let's, let's keep putting good energy there. I've got a personal struggle within that I'll deal with, but when I come there, I'm just going to give it like as much as I have whether I have to hold bags or, uh, you know, share positivity or whatever it is, I'll, I'll be there to do that for the team. Nice. And so you had come to the point at that time that you understood the ego and that it wasn't about you, that it was about the team. And when, like, you would have had other setbacks throughout your career, say injuries or not being in a team when you're in your 20s, or how would you have dealt with that, like, crushing low like you know that how would you have dealt with those setbacks uh you mean you mean before in my career before so when you're in your early 20s mid 20s before you had this like the way you'd say there how you're like i'm going to hold bags and be so positive i'm going to be just the best influence within the team Uh, you you probably weren't like that in your early or mid 20s were you no i think that you know we had all sorts of different mechanisms of dealing with stress and dealing with We're dealing with, you know, like rejection and things like that. Obviously, we didn't have a psychologist at that point who who we could share these things with. I think a lot of times, younger players, it's hard for them because they... They're, they're not able to express everything that they really want to express. And then a lot of players in those situations, it, they get rejected and that can be very hurtful, you know? Um, and so there's all, there's an array, right? There's an array of dealing with all these insecurities of the rejection of not being in the mix, all of these things. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of array of ways of guys dealing with us and certain mechanisms as to how they would deal. For me, I, I, you know, from a very early young age, I was kind of like brought up within the rugby circles to, with the drinking. You know, we used mm. to drink tons. We used to drink on the weekends after the games. Sometimes we used to drink once in the week. So it was very part, much part of the culture growing up. Um, but I also feel like that may have been an, an escapism mechanism to deal with the traumas. 
Because like when I was very young, my dad died when I was like 14 years old. He was died in an accident. And um, I kind of never really came to terms with that. And so it took me a good like 20 years to actually recognize, wait a minute, was that trauma, you know, that created my behaviors? Because some of the behaviors like, you know, are dancing on the tables, getting drunk, all of those things, doing stupid things was definitely related to to the kind of trauma that I'd had from a very young age. And then obviously getting plunged and thrown into that world at a very young age too, you know, um, specifically um, when I imagine like first playing uh, for the Springboks. I never played any junior rugby. I mean, I never played any like provincial men's rugby. So I never played for this in the super rugby competition. I never played in the Curry Cup competition, which were the two main competitions like that birth into the internationals. So I didn't play any of that. I went straight. So at 21 years old, I was like mixing it up with all my like heroes that I had or like people that I'd looked up to for so long um, in the rugby fraternity and in and specifically for the spring work. So when that happened, I was flung right in there. And then it was like, okay, you're in the deep end now. You either swim or you drown, you know? And so I think I feel definitely mechanisms of dealing with stress was like kind of an escapism was was the alcohol um, at stages. And that brought me to a point where I actually was about to lose everything in, in, in my rugby career even. Um, I had been injured before the 2007 World Cup where, where South Africa went on to win. So I, I got injured then. I slipped a disc. Um, and then at that point in time as well, my girlfriend was leaving me. I was drinking very heavily. Um, a contract that I had pre-signed with Northampton Saints, that also subsequently fell through. So... I didn't have a contract, a provincial contract. I didn't have a South African contract. I didn't have a, a, a next contract. And uh, all of these things hit me. And it was like 27 years old. It seems like it's always this, I don't know if you know much about astrology, but it's like the Saturn, seven-year Saturn cycle, you yeah. know? And it, <laughs> a, a lot, a lot and of it, people die at 27, isn't there something? Yeah. Yeah. 27, 28, or they actually like, they recognize things in their life. They come to maturity or they, or certain things happen that, that, that they like kind of makes them look within to like have shifts in their lives. And, um, and yeah, it was for me, it was that because long I had been, I, I'd been handed the silver platter, you know, I'd been given things very easily and it would all come pretty flowingly and, 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 um, and then at that moment in time, when everything fell apart, I was like, wait a minute, okay, maybe the behavior of partying, of drinking, and all of these things, maybe I should be looking at that. And maybe that's the fundamental thing. But even further than that, what is this trauma that I haven't dealt with? And have I forgiven myself? Have I let go? All of these things that came into play. Um, and then from there, it kind of all changed. It all shifted from that moment because I just made the decision. I said, hey, I'm stopping this now. I'm going to move in a different direction. I'm going to look after my nutrition. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to get enough rest. I'm going to tick all the boxes I know I have to tick to be right. And in the end, I went back into the national team. And then I left from there and I went to Toulon. So it was, it was worked out 
okay for for what it was at that point yeah i'm so really sorry to hear about your dad um when you're younger and a lot of that um to be honest resonates with me i lost my sister when i was 10 and mm. i understand the the heavy drinking as well i grew up in ireland and it's all I knew or all I think any of us knew. And so when I was 17, 18, then you're playing rugby and then win, lose or draw, you're drinking heavily, you get hurt, you're drinking heavily, you lose. And I just remember as well, like I was involved in underage Irish teams and I remember being dropped off one and just all I could think about was getting to drink. Like I remember in that moment being dropped and then it's like, and I did. And then for weeks, I would, like you say, during the week at the weekends just drink heavily and it's it's the only it's all I knew and once I've you know looked inside as well and I don't pretty much don't drink anymore but um what would you say to young people who are 18 19 20 they're playing rugby they love rugby and just they drink they're drinking heavily yeah I think it you know, I've got a I've got a very good friend of mine, Trevor Hall. He played uh, he played uh, for Biarritz, and he played for Super Rugby team. Um, and he created this program. Actually, it's called Comeback. So it's 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 specifically designed for any athlete that's injured. Okay, so that's a little bit different to what you, the question you asked. And I think it, it's kind of, there's the same thread there in between, which I want to answer you uh, around the question about the drinking. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one because if it's part of your culture, you know, it's kind of, you grow up with something like that. That's not to say that it's right, but obviously some people have uh, far less of an issue with drinking than others, right? And we can't always pinpoint exactly what that thing is. I like to think that it's based upon trauma. I think that a lot of times that if people drink excessively, it's like anything in life that you're doing a certain thing to excess um, and it's detrimental to you. There may be an underlying cause, right? And uh, a lot of times like psych psychology can help, of course, going to therapists, uh, checking in uh, to see where you're at. Also, I feel like that's where I feel like a lot of the spiritual path is, is, is also an aid to some of those things. Um, and then also, yeah, the, the basic fundamental thing is recognizing who you are, because I think that a lot of times, like within our, like the ego that we've created, you know, as I, as a persona in a sport, like, okay, I'm Joe, the rugby player, but you know, am I Joe, the rugby player? And like those fundamental, those kind of existential questions that come up and I, I'm like, it's very interesting because you asked the question for young people growing up. Right. So if I really think back, back then I was taught, I was very much brought up by my mom who was like achievements, like succeed, like, which was all super positive, but it was creating a big ego. You know, it was creating an ego that to survive basically and uh, within those echelons to be able to like mix it with all those people. So, so from one degree, I feel like that is a good thing. But um, as, as we get older, obviously, we ask those deeper questions, those existential questions. But for, for a youngster growing up, I would say definitely if they're experiencing uh, heavy drinking and they're going out every weekend and drinking, I mean, 
at some point in time that will that that will um you'll either outgrow it or you'll start to create havoc in your life you know obviously there's some people who drink responsibly they can go out they can have two three beers i was never someone like that i used to go out (laughs) i used to go out it was not one it was ten you know and um and then and then we do silly things we can all relate to that i think um it's it's funny how in the world alcohol is 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 venerated, but like things like herbs and plants are are banned. Crazy. You know, it, it makes no sense. Crazy, yeah. But but in advice for these youngsters growing up, I would say also you know it's really good to have a mentor, someone who you can trust, someone that you can confide in, someone you can talk to if you need to talk. You know, sometimes in these very um driven kind of um ambitious uh, organizations um there's there's lack of kind of empathy and lack of um uh potentially someone who could be who could be there to be able to be a mentor or someone who could be there to be able to 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 uh you know, hold space for some of these younger players, you know, when they're growing up because it is it is that I know it's like you get put into that spotlight very quickly, you know, and it can happen very fast. And these guys are 20 years old. They're getting million bucks a month. I mean, million bucks, million, million a, a year, or whatever it is. Um, and so how do you deal with that? You know? And so that's, that's why I wanted to tie it into my friend because he's created this program. It's online. It's called comeback. And it's like, it's literally uh, helping helping any sports people come back from their injuries, but it's based upon uh, like questionnaires that you get every single day, and uh, you're asked to visualize, you're asked to meditate, you're asked to go through. Uh, um, uh, there's like a tracker that will ask you like, how is your mood today? How are you feeling? How much sleep did you get? All of those things that help your overall well being is like checked through, you know? And so, so I think that's crucial because I don't see enough of that within, within these like really ambitious organizations and combative and all of these things. It's, it's great to, to be like that, but, but also we must never forget players are seen as machines at times, right? Sports people are seen as machines, but actually what are they? They're human beings, right? So it's kind of like just, I don't know, allowing, giving them that, that, that creative outlet or giving them that chance to have someone where they can converse with, um, would, I would help a lot. Yeah. Great point. And, uh, it's interesting. Like, I'm not sure what way professional teams allocate resources now, but I can imagine every pro team has four S and C three S and C coaches, physios, masseuse, uh, attacks, defense, all these different coaches and, I was talking to Ricky Cribb, Mary Mystic on this, who got a part-time contract as a mental skills coach with the Brumbies two days a week. So that organization, for example, gave, okay, mental skills and mental performance two days a week and everything, all the other physical attributes, you know, the amount of money that goes into it. And it is interesting. Like, and like you say, there people are treated as machines and I understand exactly what you mean, but um, is there, or could people be, a great rugby player without having that ego like do you think the place you're in now could you be that person you were then 
<laughs> wow, that, Brian, that's such a good, good question, bro. That is an excellent question. I ask myself that, that, that to this day, I ask myself those questions because it's like, you know, in such a, in, in terms of like what you have to put out and what, how you have to perform week in, week out. I mean, think about it also, like what CEO of a company is being, t- is basically being tested every single weekend, you know? And then it's like, so it's, it's very high pressure. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I kind of, I um I question in about that too, because even think about it, even like the spiritual world, okay, the spiritual life, it's like, it's not about achievement. It's not about competition. The ego is related to competition, right? Striving to become something. Um, uh, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to come first. Like it's, it's definitely all, it's a lot of it is related to like uh, the ego. So I asked myself that question the other day because if, if, if the spiritual path in a sense is about dissolving ego, it's actually, it's actually about dissolving the construct in your mind of who you think you are, your image, all of those things. That's a completely different sphere to like, I'm going to get it. We're going to get it. You're going to smash this guy. So yeah, I've really contemplated that myself. I feel that like there's a space definitely for meditative practices, for creation, for art, for different things, because then you are kind of using a totally different circuitry in your brain, right? So you, 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 you're stimulating, you're stimulating other parts that actually could help you in rugby when you're in those moments. But I also feel that, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a fine line, right? Because a lot of times these clubs are just hammering, like, as you mentioned, like the physical aspect to be mentally tough to do. So they are looking off the aspects of it for sure. But um, whether, whether a rugby player or sportsman would be as good in a high contact sport, if he had dissolved ego, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. It's an interesting question. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that, um, the reason I ask is because the ego it's so fragile like you say like you like I've went through it three four years ago I got a very bad shoulder injury to get surgery all that kind of stuff and that's what set me on looking into like how can I be happy it was like I was just so felt worthless just so distraught and and was once again was drinking and doing all that and then I was like this isn't me I was like and I can't just keep doing this and I need to feel happy again and so I started looking into all these different spiritual practices and, but I think that for these say professional teams or whatever, you know, you're building up the ego so much, but then once if there's some little setback happens, it's gone, it's all gone. The person's all gone. And I look at even, I used to love Conor McGregor um, when he was on his rise up and that you could see a huge ego there, but when he lost, everyone can see it. He is not the same person he's, he's done. And so I just wonder, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, can, can you have it in check? And something that I find now, like I'm back playing, I'm not at any of those levels, but um, I find that if you ha- have goals and you want to be the best version of yourself, that if you're every day striving to be the best version of you, you're grounded within yourself, but in that practice, it's not quite me. I want to be better than you and kill you. And I understand that mindset and 
crush you and all this kind of stuff but it's i want to be the absolute best version of me every day and mm. and that i feel could help one reach heights yeah i think with that looking at it from that perspective yeah that would be more less about what's happening externally hey yeah. what's happening within so that 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 i could i i would definitely say that um you know it's 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 very interesting because it's like we're all on this like they call it the pathless path right it's like are you actually even on a path you know it's kind of and the more that we merge the more that we we recognize what we are um the less we may be inclined to want to be somebody in society you know so it's kind of like you know i don't know if you've heard of ramdas or some of his yeah. teachings it it he talked about it because this was a guy that um that was a harvard professor and he had achieved all the accolades that was possible for for a, for a professor to to achieve um and he had he had from a very young age he had constantly been out there like um because of because of his conditioning from his parents but to be somebody mm. in society but it's as you say you 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 it's very quick it's a very thin thread to reaching that point and realizing wait a minute yeah if I, it's like it's like me going out now and saying okay i've got to be somebody in society and i work every single day to be somebody in society okay and then once i've achieved that i recognize and and that that goes uh, that is all in, all inclusive right it's like i got the fancy car i got the hot girlfriend i got the i got i got all of these things and many many people spiritual teachers actually have spoken about this and and human beings have spoken about this that when they arrive at this point they're no happier than what they were you know it's like so you gather all these things and you become somebody in society but actually what what does it represent you know and so it's kind of like hanging a little carrot dangling saying ah if you achieve this and then you get this and you do this then you're going to be more happy no not necessarily you might buy yourself more financial freedom but that's why i kind of question in about what you said because taking plant medicine for instance doing the yoga practice it's all bringing you back what to presence so that is what you are right and when so all of these things but but related to our sport related to being somebody all of that is is then a kind of it's a different kind of flow you know in a way um and so i know that there's people that work really hard in their spiritual life and they're they're part of this world you know they're active and they do a lot of things within it but but i think that as you mentioned at some point in time you know i'm the best in the world and i'm a goat and i'm like and i'm nailing it and i'm always coming first and and all of these things at some point in time you're going to come second or you may be retire and then it's done but then it's kind of like do you stay in those in in that holding on or do you kind of just let go and re- recognize like you know i don't know it's it's kind of i think it's also a personal thing in a lot of ways you know for people yeah and i think it's um i think to everyone you make great points i think everyone has probably understood at one point the when they achieve something like you're saying then they're no happier than they were when they were at the start and then you think oh well, what now 
you know exactly and, and that is another thing like is is that is that's a very interesting thing because is an ecstatic state like as an example okay let's say and i'm not taking away from anyone that's winning in these competitions and doing things because it takes we both know it takes a hell of a hard work dedication devotion to your art all of these different things so we're not retracting from any of this but what we are saying is that when we win something and in society and in the world it seemed and posed as something grandis grand and something huge it, we 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 experience it as like an almost an ecstatic state of euphoria so we have this euphoric kind of ecstatic state that but as we both know states they pass so mm. yes you can live you 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 may if you've won a world world uh, world cup uh, or you've done something really massive in a sport you, for many years you can celebrate that same thing but that's but that does that mean that you're going to be a happy human being i think that a lot of times when we win these big competitions it's like it's an ecstatic state and we feel like on a high for like a couple of days couple of weeks but then what happens is that passes and then it will be like anything else like our emotion our thoughts this this is one of the big recognitions that i came to brother like through my own process was that thoughts don't exist so now when i say that i mean that that i was always the one saying okay i'm observing all of these things right i'm observing my emotions because if i'm sad do i stay sad forever no i don't it passes i'll be sad you could be sad for 3 4 weeks or you could be sad for a month or whatever but at some point in time it will pass unless we identify with it the whole time you know and then like i'm the sad person and we create our reality so it's like but but looking into the states and looking into look just just looking within and seeing that okay well and and that's why i make that statement thoughts do not exist because i kept being wanting to observe what was coming up and a lot of times thoughts thoughts come up you know as we arise in the morning a thought will arise whatever i want coffee or did i phone this person or what there'll be there'll be thousands of different thoughts that will be arising so this is entirely where the power is for me is like is to is to see that and to recognize the mechanism and how it operates and then not to be constantly identifying with thoughts because it's this it's deceiving one thought may be good the next thought may be shit you know so it's kind of like are you going to constantly identify with whatever's coming up and i think that that's a lot of times when we're just living within our thoughts and we're living in our heads yet um yet then what i recognize is wait a minute even me observing this let me go cut it at the root and let me look at this and say they don't exist so when a thought arrives it's like okay the thoughts are arising but it's not who i am and it's just arising so it's a very interesting thing and it, it's definitely a practice for for any for any spiritual aspirant but you know it's self inquiry and uh like i i follow uh, my master shri muji who's who's like he talks about all about this and uh and it's just like it's it's really an, it's um I think that it's cutting the root of a lot of these issues that we have within our minds, you know, specifically related to mental uh, mental illness, um even emotion, you know, like sometimes we have an emotion that comes up and it's it's really tough to deal with that emotion. But 
but the recognition somewhere within that that knows like wait a minute like this emotion even this emotion will pass you know and uh, so for me just going back to that thing about like the different states of winning big competitions or becoming world champions all of those things um you know i can't really talk from that from the from the world champion but all i can say is that i can say that those states pass and um and yeah, so it's just really interesting today what, what's, what's come up because it's, it's deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you can't talk from a guy, I don't know when you say not a world champion, but you're a guy who's lifted a Heineken Cup for too long with Johnny Wilkinson. So I, I don't know what the pinnacle, if that's not the pinnacle, I don't know what the pinnacle is. So, so you can't, you, if ever there's a man who can talk, it's you. Um, but it was well, just my, it was just my ego there, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's such good points you make with the thoughts, and that's something that like that is something that's so so important to understand that because we're like if someone's listened to this now, they'll get a thought in an hour about the conversation, or they'll get a thought. Or if someone watches TV, they'll get a thought about that. Or these thoughts just from what we consume or what comes in, we mm. then have thoughts later down the line about that. So if someone, if I'm talking what you're saying now I'll be thinking about this evening and tomorrow a thought will come and the day after a thought will just come I don't choose for it to come it just comes and sometimes that it'll be a great thought when I do but sometimes there's these negative thoughts like you say and it could be like I wasn't good to that person or I that person I didn't treat them as well as I probably should have or just different negative thoughts will come through you know it could be like 10 years ago I was a bad person to in school to that person and then all of a sudden I can attach onto that thought and just start getting in a real downward spiral about mm. about things you know and it's I'm here today in my apartment but yet I can be clinging on and thinking and just be, have such a bad day such a bad week because of something that happened 10 years ago and I heard you speak on a podcast before um John talk about this the analogy of the sky and the the cloud oh yes I like that one yeah Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, you know that it's it is a very interesting thing because all of the all of these things are appearing, right? right? Like they're all appearing within within us, and it, 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 that's the fundamental thing is what I was mentioning earlier. But it's the recognition of who we are. Okay, so I exist, and and that is it. And I am, and so it really starts with that frequency. But a lot of times it's like we're so busy doing in our lives, we never get a chance to just be. And that comes a lot. And I've been recognizing this a lot uh, recently. It's like even the feeling of boredom, right? So where does that stem from? It's not even a thought, but it's something that I'm feeling. It's like a restlessness. So it's actually the mind which is overactive and restless that's producing thoughts. It's like, what's next? What's next? Come on. What's next? Yeah. What are you doing? And, and, and we get a lot of time here within the jungle to reflect upon that. Because as you say, we get bombarded from all sides within the cities. We're getting bombarded by all sorts of frequencies, all sorts of information, a lot of stuff that isn't true, a lot of things that are affecting us in the way that we operate. And uh, sometimes it isn't even our chain of thoughts. It's other people's thoughts. So it's like it's all of these different things, right, that we, we take on. And specifically, if we're empathetic people, if we can feel, if we can sense other people and where they're at, then we sometimes can transfer. They can take, we can take on things from them. 
but there's that beautiful analogy with uh, uh, with this recognition of the self where it's like I recognize what I am. So if I am this, which is the self, and this is forever unchanging, limitless, uh, there's many words that are um, related to that. But, um, but it's not something that the mind can figure out. So the analogy is that, there's, that what we are is the sky and that everything that arises, everything that we can perceive, whether that's sensations, emotions, thoughts, uh, sounds, everything that we can be, uh, perceive are the clouds. And the clouds, where are they passing? They're passing in the sky. And we are the sky. So we have this power to be able to just impersonally observe, to not get caught, to not attach, to not identify. And that's truly where our power is, but it's, it's, it's a practice, right? It's not something, uh, yeah, some people get it like this in an instant. They recognize the, the self. And I say amazing, but there's others. It takes time. It, it's it, because if you think about it, we're so used to, it's like a reflex that we have to thoughts or to phenomena, to the things that are coming up within us. So it may even be something that happens in our environment. It, 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 it something happens and we react to that thing you know but we have this power within us to just observe but it's impersonal it's not caught within the bubble of what we see and so this this is the the, the exact analogy it's like these these clouds are passing but i can see and i can observe these clouds and because i recognize i'm the sky and when 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 we come to that understanding we create a lot of space within our lives and so I'm not sitting here for one minute saying that, yes, I don't have things that come up for me. Of course I do. You know, we meet certain people in our lives, they trigger us. Or it's, and it's normally people that are the closest to us. They say something to us and it's like, boom, what did you say? And you kind of internalize the thing. It's like, what, did you, what, what do you mean? Like, but inside, you know? And so we all have this power to be able to either react and be like, oh, you're a, you know, or... I can sit with it and just recognize like, Hey, what's going on within my body. And I think that like, you know, the impulse that people have when they have road rage, for instance, yeah. it's a perfect thing of, of being completely like, like identified with what's coming up, you know, as opposed to just, and that's what all these practices, it's just dissolving that it's like bringing this, the, the unending peace and the joy and so that's very different, right, to the states that we talked about, to the euphoria when you win things, when you become someone in, in society. Unending peace and joy is very different to what those states are because it's unending. It doesn't stop. It's, it's like these states change, right? So what we are never change, changes. It's changeless. So it's kind of like this understanding, but it's also... I also don't want to, how can I say, I don't want to just express it like that because I feel that it's very much an experiential thing, you know? Um, and a lot of times playing rugby, that's exactly what happens, man. Like yeah. you're not thinking, you, you're not thinking, you, you're instinctual. You're just like at stages, you know, like the ball, what position do you play? Ace. Oh, so... So like you're, you're, so there's one phase or there's two phases 
and you're kind of in the middle and then you see, hey, wait a minute, you're like, oh, we're going to gonna have numbers on the right-hand side. So you swoop in and your, and, the, and your center feels you like drifting into that space and, you, and he just like comes and he pulls the man here and he just pops it to you and you come flat out on his right shoulder and you go through a gap. Are you thinking in that moment? No, you're in the first you're not, state. You're just doing. You're 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 just you're just you're just instinctually yeah. flowing, basically, right? And so when that 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 for me is like the zone, and the zone is when there is no thought, right? There's no there's no there's no clutter. There's no. It's just free flow. And I think that like a lot of things in our lives. If you look at like things in our lives, when adversity approaches or different things or things change or there's, there's constant, the only constant is change, right? So it's like when I'm, when I'm able to like observe these things and see them coming and say, okay, then I can make the necessary, uh, the necessary shifts that I, I was, I was on a chain of something though, but I like, I slipped off. It doesn't matter. It's that's, that's the thing you see. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. I, yeah, no, I love what you're saying about um when you're on the field and you're just in the you're not thinking and that's when everyone plays their best and you're just feeling the people around you sensing like and just observing the opposition you're just in the moment and like I say you hit a gap or whatever and it can be very difficult I know from when I was younger if someone talks about spirituality meditation these different things it's like it's very hard to it, even conceptualize what they're talking about but what you say there is what it is it's like when everyone yeah. when you're we know that feeling when you're on the rugby field and it's just happening that's and that's what it is and that's what spiritual practices what we do day to day is to be able to live our lives in that state and that's the, that's, that's, that's the thing. So, 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 so that's what I wanted to say when adversity comes or there's certain resistances, what is it in us that pushes against that resistance? For me, it's, it's the ego. The ego wants to say, okay, because it, it creates a story of like how things should be, but maybe things aren't like that. Maybe it ain't going to work out how you want it to work out in your mind. And that can be very humbling, but the, the ego doesn't want to bow, you know, it's like, so, so kind of you learn the hard way. But what I've been noticing a lot is like when there's not the path of least resistance, you know, it's kind of like, okay, so I asked this question and I'm getting a no and okay, there's reasons for that. Boom. Okay. But that's okay. I, I'll go this way. And so navigating your life in this way, feeling and sensing which direction is best because a lot of times we push, we push, we push because it's like we have this idea already formulated in our mind of, of how we want it to be. And that comes, that plays into expectation too. We have all these expectations of other people, of situations, um, of how we want it to turn out or how it should be. And then when that expectation isn't met, the world, it's the end of the world. You know what I mean? But actually... All of these processes and all of these things are teachings. If we look at it and we are able to like say, wait a minute, like what I was expecting and projecting didn't come true, but there was a reason for that. So let me not be attached to this outcome, you know? So, so 
you know also that one Buddhist, there's, there's the three reasons for suffering, right? So it's ignorance, anger, and attachment. Those are the three reasons why human beings suffer. So mm-hmm. ignorance, we know what that is. It's anger, so we let ourselves get to that point of being angry. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then attachment. Attachment, which there's many different forms of attachment, but a lot of that has got to do with attaching to the idea that you have of how things should be. And when they don't turn out that way, oh, damn, I'm like the spoiled kid. I throw the, throw the toys out the cot and I'm, ah! you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's a very interesting thing, but like just like being conscious about it, more conscious, you know? Yeah, for sure. Which as you mentioned, with, which as you mentioned, for all the viewers and for all the people out there, we're not saying to you now, hey, you need to go out and be spiritual. You need to do your yoga. You need to do your meditation. Because at some point in time, the natural flow, it will happen naturally. Don't be concerned by this mm, if it's not yeah. for you. If, if, if you want to be part and you want to play for the international team or you want to be the best in that, go for it. You know, strive. Be that somebody. You know, because it, 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 will, take the, it will take that time and those lessons to, to, to then come to, that, to come to that understanding, right? Yeah, for sure. But as I said earlier, I do think that I think um, I'm not sure it's only a thought that you can be the best version of yourself while still being present and still understanding that everything around you is just passing by and that you're just being and but that you can every day you wake up, you know, know what helps you be the best version of yourself and you can still walk into a gym and just turn into a different animal and you can still when you walk onto a field turn into a different animal because you're striving to be the best version of you and that's just every day and if you win or lose whatever when you win that state is for sure brilliant I feel it when we win on a Saturday I'm like oh this is great and I enjoy it and I can feel the energy of the team and I I love it and then and then I go in the evening and I'll whatever and something else and when we lose it it's you know it's it's whatever but you just are you're on your you're just trying to be the best version of you and that's where you get your your satisfaction from kind of um you've been unreal your time thank you so much um but do you do you miss rugby do you miss playing I, it is, there's times when that aspect of the physical aspect of rugby mm. the physical nature of rugby like the contact part of that 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 i really like used to love i think i think it's because it's in my nature like the war you know like going to war but like with men and then the camaraderie which we Mm. create in certain circles that we create that same kind of the men's tribe kind of vibe because i think it's really important as a male uh to be you know connected to those kind of tribes especially um like uh yeah with with you know the, the integrity and the like leading it as a you know the best the best version of yourself you know and uh and yeah it's interesting what you say i like the way that you approach it you know and looking at it in in that way um that i suppose is not looking at as um yeah there's a there's an aspect right of that that's still like still wanting to be the best because actually you know like so 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 but 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 still it's it's i think it's better 
than just being full of ego and like then standing on anyone to get where you want to get. Like, I think it's re it is re redirecting it within and saying, Hey, like, what are the things, as you mentioned, what are the things that I need to do to be the best that I can be, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that is a better approach for, uh, for that because, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting, this, this conversation, because I've thought about that many times before, like, especially with all the work that we do, it's, it's, it's like this dissolving, right. But within our process, we're building, we're building more, we're adding more to our ego. Right. So it's like, we're the, it's like the onion and the layers of the onion. When you get to that point in time where you're like, wait a minute, man, is this making me any more happy? Or, mm. <laughs> you know, you come to those realizations or there's setbacks or there's suffering or there's hard times or there's injury or there's all these things. Then you get like, as you mentioned about Conor McGregor, it's like you get hit and then you're like, wow, okay, wait a minute. Like now you go back to square one again and you go to back to the basics and you look at that things and you say, Hey, wait a minute. And so I think that for me specifically, I was then going into the spiritual path and then recognizing wait, like, all of these things, the onion that I had created, this ball, now I'm taking off layers and I'm becoming more vulnerable. And I think that a lot of times within sport, we're kind of vulnerable is maybe not really the word that we use in, within sport, right? It's kind of like, and so, but then I feel that's where I feel like there's a, there's a big space for, 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 for players and for sportsmen to be able to have someone, a mentor or someone that they can really express their vulnerabilities with, because that also will enhance. I I definitely feel that these healing modularities can, can help, yeah. you know, if, if used in the right way. And then maybe perhaps, as you say, then being the best version of yourself, what does that mean? Okay. That means I've got to be flexible because then I don't get injured. So what would I do? I'd do some yoga. Okay, so my mind needs to be calm when I'm playing or before I, before I run on, my mind needs to be calm. Okay, so what could I do? I could do some meditation. And so all of these practices could be potentially used to make, make you the best possible player that you could be. Yeah, but that's what I think. That's, that's what I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty important. That's what I think for sure. Um and yeah, the vulnerability and the mentor is a great, great point you make and you've made earlier um, to have somebody to be able to be vulnerable to and express that. And then you can step back into the world that you're in and and be a better version of yourself. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and as we mentioned, yeah, I think what, what's beautiful about what's coming up is that, yes, all of these, you know, all of these practices or all of these uh uh, modularities that we have at our availability all of those could really be used because because i know exactly how in in everyday life as you said so even for me when i wake up i have a specific routine of things that i know if i check those boxes i'm going to be the best version of myself you know what i mean or i'm going to be i'm going to be um i'm going to have the most overall well-being um, so if I know, if I tick like nutrition, exercise, training, hit training, the various trainings, yoga, meditation, then I'm hitting all the boxes, right? 
And then if I'm hitting all the boxes and I'm ticking them all, then I should be, you know, I should be, I should be moving in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. I fully agree. I'm the same. I have more routine. I just know that, oh, I now have control. Whereas in the past, I didn't realize that I had somewhat control over how my day goes and all you, all you have is your day. And then the next day, the next day, and they all add up. But I'm, like you say, you get, you learn practices that just, anchor you and that give you the best chance of having a good day and that's all we can hope for yeah no i think when i when i kind of when i kind of like tap into this and i really contemplate and i really like sit with it it's it makes sense right because any any human being that's following a meditation practice for instance they're just doing themselves a favor because otherwise like we do we our, our minds and as you mentioned like the mechanism line of how how our thoughts present you know where am i where am i sitting in relation to that you know and so all of those practices is just like merging more with that of what we are and so it kind of that doesn't mean that now i can't as you mentioned like get into um get into the arena and switch on to okay now it's war okay now it's go time and it potentially may even give you a better chance of switching into it, you know, mm. and give you more, give you more confidence, give you more confidence that all, all the, all the way around, you've ticked all of those boxes. So, so no, there's no doubt about it. It, it could, I was just thinking more along the lines of like psych, psychedelic journeys and things like that, because it's like the more that you melt or the more, more that that ego construct dissolves. kind of dissolves it's like you kind of question whether you may not just be like oh you know what, what am i doing uh, i'm gonna go to the forest so i think i think that that's possibly why like a lot of guys like where they have mushroom journeys or they do like they do pod yeah. medicine that's the one thing that i think but like if they were say doing a regular meditation practice or yoga practice that would probably that would help their, their 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 rugby or their sport in a massive way, and that's not to say that plant medicine or mushrooms wouldn't, but they may have a very different view of the world after that. And who knows? They may say, you know what? I'm tired of this organization. I'm going there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. It's it. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you so much, Joe, for your time today, and thank you for sharing your journey as well and, and sharing your story and uh and yeah, being who you are and it's uh, it's incredible and i know helping other people because i just mentioned to my younger brother that i was talking to you and he said oh i was chatting to the lads and they all they follow him too all class oh that's brilliant can't wait to hear it and yeah so just thank cool. you uh brian absolute pleasure brother thank you thank you for your for this interesting conversation uh i'm really happy to have it today and uh also, you are just for your own path and uh, just wishing you the absolute best, brother, everything in your life. And may you be the best version of yourself, which I already know is perfect, you know. So uh, and continue your continue your journey. Still, Are you still playing, Ruggers? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in Vancouver now. During COVID, I wasn't playing. And then, yeah, I went through a lot of stuff and I was thinking I'd just coach. And then, yeah, I think maybe the ego has woken up last fall. And uh, yeah, maybe it is. And I was just like, there's more in me. I was just like, oh, there's more there. I just, I just got to, you know, I just got to 
got to do it and so yeah so i'm back playing and playing like provincial here in canada and whatever um but yeah club here in provincial here so yeah that's uh that's where i'm at now i'm just enjoying it i'm just loving i'm just i'm just loving the journey now i'm just loving going to the gym i'm loving stretching i'm loving eating well i'm 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 loving not going out partying i'm just enjoying uh like that every day just trying to be the best version of myself and whatever happens happens like you know whatever happens happens but i'm just enjoying trying to be the best me you know well you know what's very interesting right you're still playing so you are you you're the perfect you could document that it's the perfect thing man because you can say okay you know i've been doing this and that helps me feel this way and you know and 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 i'm feeling better when i play and this is helping me with this and it's very very interesting process that you're in right now and and like I'm, I'm, I know that if you talk to most rugby players, like they, they absolutely love their days and they, they, then mm. they would, if they, they, I mean, for me personally, like I used to absolutely love it, bro. It was like a passion, you know? And so when that got taken away, that was part of like a death. But the, but the thing is when you've still got the opportunity to play now, you're a big number eight, go and crash, go and enjoy, go and enjoy that contact enjoy smashing guys because i promise you once that's done it ain't yeah you can maybe play uh, golden oldies or something like that but <laughs> but I, I think you're like when your body is the way that it is flip and just enjoy it bro like as much as you can what a man joe is was such a pleasure getting to chat with him would you do me a favor and just send the pod on to a friend or into a whatsapp group right now There's so much wisdom and learnings in what Joe was saying for rugby players and actually for anyone really. I loved how Joe talked about always being as positive as possible around the team environment regardless of what setbacks or personal issues you have. That's leadership and that's something that's so important. It's so, so easy to play the victim. Poor me, I don't deserve this. I should be playing, the coach is an idiot. But that carry-on actually moves you further back. Because when you're in that mindset, you're not going to improve as a player or a person. And if you think about it, what Joe did, imagine you're a coach and the player you dropped is just a beacon of energy and positivity and is lifting everyone else up around him. They're being the best bag holder in the world and they're doing whatever they can to help the team be better. You're going to start thinking about getting them back into the team. Or if there's an injury, that's who you're going to put in. And when you choose that mindset and attitude, things I find just have a way of working out better for you. Like Joe said, you create your reality. If you go around thinking everything's awful and you're playing the victim... Things will be difficult, whereas if you just choose to be positive, be grateful, and look at the bright side of things, things will just work out better for you. People just don't want to be around negative people that are whining and saying, poor me. It's just so draining. And around your team, you can be an energy giver or an energy sapper. And choosing positivity isn't faking it no matter how weird it might feel for you if you're not used to it 
Like when Joe is talking about being nice to the coaches that just dropped him, he's not faking it because he has a strategy and an ulterior motive. He just realized that he had two choices, be negative or, or be positive. It's a choice we make in lots of different times in our lives. I love learning more about leadership and studying, reading about other leaders. Somewhat similar to this, but very different, is Nelson Mandela's story. Mandela was wrongfully locked up for 27 years, but when he was released, he chose love, not hate. He chose to work with and understand the people who treated him so poorly, and then he united the nation. I remember when I was younger hearing that and thinking, oh, he should have done this, he should have done that, he should have made them suffer. But now I get it. Fighting and arguing does not give you the best chance of getting the outcome you want. And if you're a player fighting with your coach, you probably won't get the outcome that you want. It's funny how when we have a way of thinking, we like hearing other people with the same point of view. But Joe mentioned how players are treated like machines by clubs and you have to have a certain edge to you. And I do think that that's kind of how it has to be in that environment to an extent because there's no getting around it. Rugby is a battle. It's a contact sport and you need to be seriously mentally tough. And within those environments, like on the training field in matches, you don't want softness. You don't want people showing lots of weakness. You want hard, resilient people. But, and this is a really important thing, is that players need space to be vulnerable, to express their concerns and worries and get help to deal with these so that they can then be their best selves when they are in that environment. Joe said how young players would really benefit from having a mentor because this would give them the space to talk about their worries, what they're struggling with and get advice on how to deal with them. Get advice from someone who has been down the path that they're going down and who knows what they're going through. I could not agree more. I realized a while back how much I personally would have benefited from having a mentor when I was younger. It would have been just an absolute game changer. So I started my Instagram page at offfieldrugby to spread some information that I feel would help. I started this podcast and also started mentoring younger players one-on-one. If you're an ambitious player and want to achieve things in the game, you don't have regrets down the line, then send me a DM on Instagram at offfieldrugby or an email offfieldrugby at gmail.com and we'll arrange a time to have a chat. I came to the realization that having a mentor is literally the missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of young players. Like most players will work really hard in the gym. They'll do loads of extras. They'll give it everything. They'll do all these things right. That was my experience. That's what I did. And that's what I saw. And I still see loads of young people doing that. But very few have a mentor to help them along the way. Russell Earnshaw, who I chatted with, another Heineken Cup winner, and Mike Ruddock, both said on the pod how they would have really benefited from having a mentor when they were younger. And Robbie Henshaw said that he did have a mentor when he was young, starting out with Connacht. And he's done pretty well. 
If you're a young player or a parent of a young player, I'd love to help. Send me a message on Instagram at offfieldrugby or an email offfieldrugby at gmail.com and we'll arrange to have a chat for free. You're not signing up for anything, there's nothing to lose and I guarantee there's so much to be gained. I also do mental performance sessions with teams so if you're a coach and want to help your players, your team be the best version of themselves, then get in contact the same way. I fully appreciate that spirituality can be a bit of a wishy-washy word and it's thrown around a lot and it's not easy to define but like Joe said there are spiritual practices that anyone can do and through doing them you'll start to understand the benefits. A big part of it is connecting to the present moment because when you're truly present you are who you are you're not thinking about in your head about who you want to be in society or how you want others to view you and all this carry on he mentioned yoga which is great but even better i think is hot yoga if you've never done hot yoga and there's a studio near you just try it out it's unreal you won't regret it and be sure to bring a big two liter bottle of water with you too Sea swims are similar in that you're forced to connect with your breath, get out of your head and a simple thing you can do is leave your phone at home and go for a long walk in nature, go for a hike, go for a walk in the forest, go for a bike ride. For the first while your mind will probably be telling you, oh this is shit, give me the phone, I need to be stimulated. You just keep going, look at the things around you and the mind will become quiet. I really think that nowadays getting away from technology for a period of time, even an hour or two, is just so good for us. And I'm no guru either, I am always trying to be on my phone less. If you're a regular listener and you get value from these chats, if listening to the pod makes your day just a little bit better, please consider supporting the Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash offfieldrugby. And the link is also in the show notes. It's the price of a coffee each month, and you can opt out whenever you want. So, the next time you're buying a coffee, if you think, oh, I'd buy Brian a coffee if he was here, then essentially that's what the Patreon is. Once a month, you're buying me a coffee for the nearly five hours of podcasts that I put out each month. And I can see who signs up, so it absolutely doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you so much to those that have already signed up on patreon.com forward slash offfieldrugby. I really, really appreciate it. And also, I let you know on Patreon who is coming up on the pod, who I'll be chatting to, and if there's anything you want me to ask or talk about. We chatted in the pod about how if you think, oh, I'll be happy when I get that promotion, or I'll be happy when I'm earning X amount, I'll be happy when I'm finally playing for this team. You'll never find sustained happiness because you'll always think I'll be happy when, like down the road. Like Joe said, these states of when you do achieve that thing can last for a certain amount of time and it's great when it does happen. Sometimes I've been there though when you achieve something you thought would make you feel so brilliant. But straight away after, you're like, oh, life's just the exact same. I'm sure you can relate to this. 
I really believe that one of the best ways to find meaning, contentment, happiness is to have a goal that's true to you. And every day, you just try and be the absolute best version of yourself to move towards achieving that goal. That's it. It's you versus who you were yesterday. Progress is happiness. You have to be striving to achieve something. If you're not, you languish and you won't have much meaning or purpose to your days and to your life. The thing you want to achieve could be absolutely anything, but you have to want to achieve it for you and it has to be true to you. You don't want to achieve it because you feel it'll give you some sort of status in society or because you think, oh, they'll respect me when X happens. You can't want to achieve it for other people or because you think others will treat you differently when you are X or when you have this thing. You might have heard the saying before that the journey is the destination. That's essentially what I'm saying here and that's what the trick is. I didn't realize this for the longest time though and when I was younger I was always thinking I'll be happy when. If you're thinking like this you just got to break out of it because if you don't, you'll be 80 years of age thinking, I'll be happy when? You, you just can't wait to be happy. I recorded this chat about three weeks ago and at the end I was telling Joe about how buzzed I am about playing and essentially just trying to be the best version of myself. I didn't always have this mindset. A few years ago, I went through some things that had me in a dark place, which I'm happy to chat about. I could chat about my journey if you're interested, but... Anyway, recorded this three weeks ago, and then two weekends ago, I got a very bad concussion, which I'm still recovering from. I've got a number of them, probably eight or nine, and of varying levels, like I haven't been sparked out cold on the ground eight or nine times, but I've had a couple. Anyway, and the symptoms were bad, and I'm still not myself, but thankfully I'm improving every day. But yeah, not certain what the future holds right now, but I'm grateful that I am recovering and I have so much to be thankful for. Lastly, I hope you enjoyed the chat. Please send it on some friends now and please share it on your Instagram story and tag me. You genuinely have no idea how much something so simple as that means to me. If you don't like the pod, sorry for wasting your time, but don't know why you waited this long. But please be an absolute legend and take a screen grab and stick it on your Instagram story or share the post that I put on off-field rugby. It'll cost you nothing. It will take about 10 seconds. And it's a great way of saying thanks to me for making it. And I genuinely mean it when I say that you've no idea how much that would mean to me. Just tag me in it. I'll be able to see it. I'll be able to share it. And yeah, thank you so much for doing that now. Thank you so much for clicking in today. And before I go, I just want to give a shout out to Mike Maloney, fan of the pod and former teammate of mine with the Vancouver Wave, who five, six weeks ago took a bad high shot on the field. One of those where the tackler was upright and he suffered a broken cheekbone and had to go under the knife, but was back out in the field last weekend. Great to see. I got a shoulder in the head in the same league. And next week I chat with Jamie Cudmore in which we talk about concussion. It's funny talking about next week I chat. We chatted this week, but the pod is out next week. 
you get me. It's funny having to talk in the future tense, but uh, I think it's brilliant at the top level that World Rugby are lowering the tackle height and players are getting red cards for high shots because we don't want tackles to the head and players just have to learn good tackle technique and coaches need to be able to coach it. But unfortunately, my experience so far this season of the lower levels, at least where I am and what I've seen of some games elsewhere is that high shots are not being stomped out by referees. They're not being carded like they are on TV, like they should be. Hopefully we can catch up at the levels below that on TV because we all absolutely love a physical game, but player safety is important. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers.